0: It's time Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's the sports, sports Rush with, with Brett Rump. Rump. Three ball,
1: that's horrendous. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. yard touchdown.
0: Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. Your greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are- Incredible! You to be older and yeah, well, you're half right. This is amateur hour! <laughs> this is gonna be huge. I believe this is gonna be our finest hour. Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it, I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show.
1: Here I go again! Little White Snake taking us home on a Wednesday edition of the Sports Rush. Second hour here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Adam Lundy in the producer's chair once again. I'm the coach, Shannon Griffith. Hey, great first hour there talking with Adam Wittry. Andy Wittry, I'm sorry, from On 3 Sports.
2: It's those A's, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and then we had the judge on here just a second ago, and he had some great insight into the Notre Dame versus South Carolina Gator Bowl game coming up on Friday, which reminded us as well not only are we not broadcasting on Thursday, but we will not be broadcasting on th- Friday.
2: That is correct. This is the last sports rush of the week.
1: Week and of the 2022 year.
2: Last. Sports rush of the year, my first year.
1: Yeah, the fearless leader will be back in the chair come January 3rd, and I can go back to being that listener uh, enjoying the sports rush from the car or from at home uh, with uh, Brett Rump at the helm. Well, in the final segment, we're going to discuss here a little bit later on this Georgia-Ohio State matchup. I'm going to use a little bit of my... I guess you could say so-called coaching insights. Oh, come on! To, to, to break <laughs> down and maybe even pick the winner of that game. And since I won't be able to do uh, the Michigan TCU game as I would like to, right. I will. Go, I'll also pick that winner without going into a lot of detail. And then I'm going to pick the national championship. I was going to
2: say, game. are we going full bracket? Here? I'm going
1: full. I'm just going to go full through it. I'm not going to give a lot of different. Uh, uh, analogies or, you know, coach speak, but uh, uh, I had planned to do both of them and I had completely forgot about Friday. And so we'll have that later on as well. And, you know, this segment we have Eric Dutte coming on. Yeah. Talking a little bit of high school basketball with the uh, holiday shootout classic that they're having up at Trine University. That gets underway tomorrow uh, with some boys' and girls' games going on, and he'll be here to fill us in on all that as well. But uh, big night here, big week here for the Fort Wayne Comets as they are playing the Toledo Walleye in a home-and-home, and uh, and then they will welcome the Indy Fuel to town on New Year's Eve, the traditional New Year's Eve game. Uh, Both home games are 7.30 face-offs and uh that will be a lot of fun we've had a chance to talk with Ben Boudreau yesterday yeah. i think he's feeling pretty pretty good about the boys and we're going to see it tonight and toledo beat newfoundland last night who the growlers are a top a top team out there in the mm-hmm. east mm-hmm. beat them 6 to 4 but the grand rapids griffins yeah from the AHL yeah sent down a lot of reinforcements
2: just do you think tyler was- bliss
1: was one of them he had a big game last night for The walleye in their win, but uh, I hope to see tonight Jacob Graves in the lineup that we got from uh, Atlanta. Uh, I tweeted out something last night about his arrival in Fort Wayne. It was a clip of him fighting somebody which I like to see the boys mix it up every once in a while. Hopefully, he'll be in the lineup. And hopefully, Adam Samuelson got in last night because, as Ben Bujo said, there was a little bit of travel problems with his flights and such. And I think he was supposed to get in at the time that they were actually going to practice because they had an evening practice last night. So hopefully... Uh, they got he got in, and we'll get to see some of those two guys in the lineup tonight. But we'll wait and see. I am heading right on over here after the after the broadcast to go t- take in the Comets game with my daughter.
2: Awesome! Hey, hey, actually, I have a little bit of uh breaking news coming okay. in. I have four tickets for tomorrow night the Pacers game versus the Cavaliers. Oh wow! To give away. It'll be a four pack of tickets to the Indianapolis Pacers or the Indiana Pacers taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers a four pack of tickets. We're going to do all you have to do is text in to 46862 to to find a winner. Um, what do you want the uh, code word to be, Shannon? Oh
1: man, I don't know. I'm not good at Let's code do something
2: words. basketball related. Let's do uh how about rebound?
1: Okay, Let's rebound. Do,
2: if you want to win a four-pack of tickets to tomorrow night's Pacers game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, all you have to do, text in REBOUND to 46862. 46862, we're going to be picking the winner here uh, in the next 20, 25, 30 minutes or so. Right. So get those texts in and, uh, yeah.
1: Well, that's a great game to get a four-pack to take the family down or a group a group of friends uh, down uh, to the game and take in a NBA game on uh, tomorrow night. They had the big win last night, 129-114 over Atlanta, and uh, we talked a little bit about in the for, uh, in the in the first hour. Now, bowl mania continues t- tonight. Uh, we're getting ready for the Kansas-Arkansas Liberty Bowl to start here in about oh 20 minutes. And we got up on the screen here in the studio. Duke is beating UCF thirty to thirteen right now. And yeah, just about a minute left here. Yeah, so I got a feeling this is going to be a uh, win for the for Duke, and they have had a great season there. Uh, yeah, they'll finish uh, nine, and four, nine with, and four, with with the
2: bowl game win yeah, there.
1: Yeah, so that's going to be you know that one looks like it's well in control, and then you have Oregon versus. Uh, North Carolina in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, that starts at 8 o'clock. Oregon is a 13-and-a-half point favorite. So um, the Ducks getting a commanding uh, point spread there. Oregon led by Bo Nix, who just signed a NIL deal with Bo's uh, EarPods uh, that we reported on. Texas Tech and Ole Miss will finish up the night in the Tax Act. Texas Bowl at 9 o'clock. Ole Miss right now is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So, you know, some good games again on yeah. tonight. And, again, just a reminder, no sports rush tomorrow or Friday. Correct. And we've got the Pacer uh, four-pack of tickets that we're going to that we're going to select a winner for here in about 30, 40 minutes. You got it. And uh, that's a great way to finish up the week by giving out a four-pack of tickets and let somebody enjoy an NBA game. Uh, down there in Indy.
2: And uh, someone asked, do I have to be listening to win the Pacers tickets? No, you don't have to be listening. Uh, Just as long as you have texted rebound in to 46862, we're going to be picking someone who texts in in. Uh, to win the tickets.
1: Yeah, and we'll alert you by texting yep. them back, so make sure that you have your phone on you. Yeah,
2: do keep your phone nearby, yeah. but we, we won't call you. We'll just text you, and you'll know you won. So rebound, four six eight six two four 4 of tickets to Pacers Cavaliers tomorrow night.
1: Now, you, I'm sure, have some additional hot items to discuss here oh, in the yeah. second hour. So let's jump over to you and get your take on some things.
2: All right, tonight's top stories. Well, the Las Vegas Raiders, kind of an end of an era here. They're benching Derek Carr, uh, Coach Josh McDaniels announced Wednesday. Uh, Jarrett Stidham will make his first career start against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. And undrafted rookie free agent Chase Garbers will be the backup. Sources saying the Raiders made this move in part to maintain Carr's health and to keep their options open this offseason, including for a potential trade moving Derek Carr out of the Raiders.
1: Uh, Indianapolis, no.
2: Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it, Colts. The Phoenix Suns, who currently have a 20-15 record and are fifth in the Western Conference, will be without all-star guard Devin Booker for at least four weeks due to a left growing strain that will be reevaluated at that point in the future. Coach Mike McDaniel said Wednesday that Teddy Bridgewater is in line to start for the Dolphins in Sunday's crucial game against the New England Patriots. Tua Tagovailoa, who is in the concussion protocol for the second time this season, is considered day-to-day. And right-hander Corey Kluber and the Boston Red Sox are in agreement on a one-year, $10 million contract that includes a club option for 2024. Kluber, 36 years old, is a two-time Cy Young Award winner. And actually was a former Fort Wayne Wizard. He made 11 starts in the 2008 season of the Fort Wayne Wizard season there. So a little bit of a Fort Wayne connection there. Um, He pitched last season with the Tampa Bay Rays. But yeah, kind of a cool little Fort Wayne connection there. And we thank Mike Maz for reminding us of that.
1: Well, we've had some talented young men come through the Fort Wayne area through the 10 caps, through the years, or the Wizards back in the day. And it's nice to see some of those kids make it to the big leagues and do well. And, yeah. And the Derek Carr thing, that's really kind of surprising because I would say uh, the writing is on the wall that the Raiders are going to go a different direction uh, than him uh, moving forward. So yeah. Um. Again, the, you know, some of these quarterbacks are getting to those that age where it's just, uh, you know, they've taken too many hits. They're not as productive. You know, uh, they don't escape as well as they once did. And it
2: really would be the most Colts thing of all time to get him though, wouldn't well,
1: it? Well, that's why I said we're just putting that in their ear right now. Let's not don't, don't do it. Don't go overboard on that. So but we'll see what all happens. Duke has won uh their game against UCF this afternoon. Yep. And a thirty to thirteen final. So coming up shortly after this will be the Arkansas Kansas game, which I think will be a pretty good ball game. Kansas off to a hot start this year, but then kind of felter down the um as the season went on and but it's only a two and a half point favorite for Arkansas. So very capable game there that I think will be pretty good in the Liberty Bowl. But we're gonna step away, take a break. When I when we come back, I'm gonna do a little bit of breakdown of right. the national playoff pitcher. We'll have the coach. All 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 here on the sports rush on thirteen eighty the fan one hundred point nine FM welcome back here on a wednesday edition of the sports rush remember we have that four pack of Pazer tickets text rebound to 46862 adam will be picking a winner uh here in probably another 20 minutes or so so rebound 46862 and We've got the national championship games that are going to take place this weekend, uh, just for the semifinals between Georgia and Ohio State, Michigan and TCU. And a couple things I wanted to do, first of all, is like I said, without having Friday, I'm going to have to pick a couple things together real quick um, because I like to look at this game from different perspectives. Now, you know, some key things in this game that Georgia's going to play Ohio State. Now, Georgia right now is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and the over-under is 62. Now, I'm going to say under. I would take the under in that in this game. And from the standpoint of Georgia, defensively, Jalen Carter is the man, the D-lineman, is. And I don't think Ohio State has anybody remotely that can handle him up front. He is a just a phenomenal, phenomenal football player, um, plays mostly the three technique. When Jamin, uh, Jamin uh, Dumas-Johnson, the linebacker, up the middle for them, uh, those two can basically take care of the two B gaps, which forces teams to really have to force them outside, which doesn't always lend the, lend the uh, teams very well because Georgia has some speed as well. So his, uh, you know, he has to have a stellar game um, uh, for Georgia on the defensive line. Now, if there is one weakness to the Georgia defense, it is their secondary. They have had trouble all year long with uh, 50-50 balls, and they are giving up, I believe, 257 some odd yards a game in the passing game. And uh, part of that, too, is a lot of it, too, is because of the Georgia run defense is so good that the people get behind and have to catch up. But LSU, I mean, shredded them for over 500 yards passing in that ball game, in the in the uh, SAC title game. So, you know, that's one of their weaknesses that I believe Ohio State can exploit uh, with their core of receivers and CJ Stroud. Now, other than that, uh, offensively, Georgia, all year long, very balanced team, uh, they do things very well. they're sound and they are a complete offense uh, for Georgia. Uh, Stetson Bennett, again, he's not an over flashy player, but if you look at him and how he handles himself in a ball game, Uh, He can throw it. He's averaging about 263 yards a game. But when he's forced in a situation where he has to run it, he is not afraid to tuck the ball and run, which gives them undoubtedly an advantage when they get in situations to pass. And let's say a team's going to rush three and drop eight. He all of a sudden becomes a viable running attack person uh, for him in in that scenario for Georgia. Georgia. So that's another big thing that, you know, Georgia has on their side as it pertains to them as a whole team. So their biggest weakness right now is their secondary. Ohio State, you know, the big question is how do they handle Carter up front? Does tempo help them uh, give them some control over him where they go a speed-up tempo and really get after it and try to keep him moving and not give him a, a chance to catch his breath but they're going to have to try things outside on the perimeter because I don't know if they're going to be able to run it up the gut as much as uh, they probably would want to. Um, they can be explosive at times, and that's where I think uh, C.J. Stroud comes into the ball game and Harrison Jr. as a possible mismatch and 50-50 ball. So I look for Ohio State to really lean on C.J. And his passing uh, game for the Buckeyes, even though against Michigan it was a little suspect. But I think that's where they're going to have to try to move the football with some consistency is uh, getting the ball outside to their wide receivers in short you know, run game type of plays where you throw the quick screens to the outside and then try to throw things down the field. And then uh, Mayan Williams is healthy now. Uh, he comes back, so that'll give him a boost in the running game. But again, it's all going to be determined how they handle Carter, Jalen Carter, for Georgia. Then, if you look at it from Ohio State's standpoint defensively, can they stop Georgia's run? I mean, Georgia is a heavy 12 personnel, and this new 4-2-5 defense that they brought in with Coach Knowles, while it has given them some uh, advantages this past year. Um, we saw against Michigan, they were vulnerable to the big run play. And if they give up the big shots like that to a Georgia team, they won't even stay close. So they're gonna have to get Georgia out of their twelfth personnel, which is basically two two running backs and a tight end in the lineup and, and force them to get into formations and schemes that Georgia doesn't like to be in because Ohio State defensively is stopping the run in that personnel and as well as the play-action passing game that Georgia does so well with their 12 personnel and Stetson Bennett. So that's going to be the key for them. And then, as a whole, can Ohio State match Georgia's toughness as a whole? I think Georgia is one of the toughest, hardest-hitting teams in college football. I think they've proven that over the last couple years. They're tough to match up against when you look at it down the roster. But they're not unbeatable. It's gonna have to be mostly through the air. So when I look at this game as a whole, I look for Georgia is just too good for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I believe they cover the six and a half, and I believe the under is the is the play on that ball game as a whole. So um, I think in that regard, that's what I look for that in that ball game. Michigan, Tennessee, or TCU, Uh, Max Dugan, the quarterback for TCU, is what they have offensively. He's been phenomenal all year. But the Michigan defense as a whole, as a whole, has been one of the top-ranked defenses in the country. I believe right now they're right on, uh, I think they're number three in the country defensively. Is that a... Accurate statement, you think there, Adam? That the the I believe they are. They are the number three ranked team because what they did against not only Ohio State and, at Ohio State and then what they did against Purdue, um, I think proves that they've got a very a very good formidable defense. And you're shaking your head in agreement. Yep. Number three. Number three. Okay. So I'm not mistaking anything there. Then they look at K. Uh, McNamara offensively for the Michigan Wolverines. And I did have some of those stats earlier, and I don't know what I did with them uh, for uh, this game in particular. But um, anyway, (laughs) their offense thus far has been so good under Jim Harbaugh. He brings such a dynamic, and they've done a great job of putting together packages they're running a game with the running backs because they really have a one-two punch, except uh, you know they lost their starting running back there prior to the Ohio State game. But uh, them running the football for them has been uh, their bread and butter, kind of like Georgia, right? And I, so I think you know uh, you know Michigan uh, just has uh, a little bit too much firepower for TCU in this one. And and listen, TCU has a great defense as yeah. well. But I just don't think they can uh, uh, stop Michigan's offense.
2: No, I think the only way TCU has a real shot in this is if they uh, can turn it into a shootout, which is the way they've won a lot of their, yep. cl- their close games. But I think the Michigan defense is just right. going to be uh, too much of a challenge for them to overcome. So, yeah, in my opinion, I, I, I think Michigan wins this game. Well,
1: you bring up a good point because, you know, TCU has had a lot of big comebacks this year mm-hmm. where they've gotten down... And have found themselves deep in a hole, and quarterback for them has rescued them quite uh, frequently. Yeah, with his play. But uh, as we're speaking, there it's up on the TV there <laughs> <laughs> uh, about this game. But right. Um, I mean, what is your take on the Georgia Ohio State matchup? Yeah,
2: uh, I I have Georgia winning the game. I think that their defense is just a little bit too stout for yeah. what Ohio State is going to bring to the table. Um, and I also think that offensively they match up with Ohio State just as well, if not even a little bit more offensive power than Ohio State. So, yeah, I I just see Georgia winning this game. I mean, Ohio State has had a great year. They they're a great team, but I think Georgia's just uh, top of the tops and. That's what Mm -hmm. Ohio State's going to face. Now,
1: Michigan is a a 7.5-point favorite right now. Right. Um, Over TCU, the over-under on that game is 58.5, which is pretty similar. Now, when you look at the statistics of this, they're pretty similar offensively in terms of yardage and stuff like that, but um, I don't think they've faced a defense like Michigan's. Correct. So I look for Michigan to win the game. Now, I don't think it'll be a shootout. I think this no. is going to be a, a a back alley fist fight. In yeah. In my opinion. Right. And I'm not so sure that they that maybe Michigan may not cover the seven and a half because I think it'll be a tight ball game. Uh, just because that's Michigan to a way a little bit. Of course. Yeah. Playing a tough-minded team. Now, what they did to Ohio State, granted. Uh, they took Ohio State outside back to the woodshed and uh, gave them a beating. But yeah. uh, TCU, I think, will be ready to scrap with them because that's a little bit of their makeup in that regard. So I like I like Michigan in that. So I like Michigan and Georgia to be in the final and get in the national championship game. And I do look for the Big Ten to bring home the national championship wow. to, to Ann Arbor. With Michigan beating Georgia and a close one, maybe two, maybe three-point ball game, but I do look for Michigan to win that game and bring Michigan the national championship trophy and bring the glory back <laughs> to Ann Arbor and go blue becomes a more robust name that it once was. Agree? Disagree?
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still worried about just the overall strength of the SEC. You well, know, every know. every year the, the top of the SEC brings just some of the most amazing guys no you've question. ever seen.
1: No question. And there's no question that Georgia has done very well bringing the talent. But I do think Michigan has brought that talent back to the fold. Now, I say this a little bit, taking uh, John, if uh, – if, uh, Michigan wins the national championship. Uh-huh. Harbaugh has accomplished what he went to Michigan to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Re- to restore Michigan back to that prominence that once they they once had. hmm Does that pique his interest in a possible return to the oh. NFL? Mm-hmm. And does that make him even a little bit more uh up for a talk with Mr. Jim Mersey?
2: If he goes out on top at, at Michigan.
1: Yeah. Could happen. Something Uh, to think about. Yeah, because he would not have anything else to achieve. And, you know, he he did what he was uh, asked to do, restore Michigan to its once glory. So um, we can only hope,
2: right? Maybe, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In regards to the Colts coaching situation, But I do
1: think it's going to be Michigan and Georgia in the championship game. And I do look for Michigan... To win, but I also think they will be the underdog to Georgia, maybe yeah. three, four points in that ball game. Right? I, that's my that's, that's my, you. I have I think Georgia
2: <laughs> will win against Michigan, but uh
1: That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Right?
2: There we go. All well, right. hey, uh
1: we're gonna step aside here. Eric Duke Dikevich is gonna come on and talk a little bit of PSM holiday shootout next here on the sports rush on thirteen eighty the fan, one hundred point nine FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush here on 1380 The Fan 100.9 FM. I'm the coach, Shannon Griffith, alongside with Adam Lundy. Wrapping up a Wednesday edition, and we're going to wrap it up with some high school basketball action that's coming up tomorrow and Friday as well. Uh, The Parkview Sports Medicine Holiday Shootout. On the line with us right now is Eric Dute-Dukevich. Eric, what's going on, my man? Coach,
0: how are you? Good to hear from you. A day early. Uh, it's like well, a busy week with all the bowl games and Purdue games and uh, and all that stuff. And so, I' glad to be on with you before our big days, Thursday and Friday. Well, we, and yeah, Thursday.
1: yeah. We we Adam and I talked about it because we weren't going to be. We are not on tomorrow, and we thought, well, we better see if Duke can come on today <laughs> because this is such a big uh, thing that you have going on uh for the area uh this this um thursday it starts but it's not just a boys thing it's boys and girls and it's up at trine at the mti center which is a fabulous basketball uh, arena so if you haven't been up there i encourage you to go up it's a very neat uh atmosphere for high school basketball but even college basketball for that matter but Let's look at what's on tap tomorrow because I, you know, I looked at the schedule that I've that we've got here, and uh, you know the girls are going to kick it off, but you have basically from 9 a.m. through 8 p.m. tomorrow.
0: Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> busy day for all of us. And 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 first, I got to say, you know, hats off to everybody at uh, PSM and and uh, Matt Land, the athletic director up at Trine, and his staff that have really worked and all the athletic directors that are part of this, too, to kind of uh, sift through the schedule and to, and to find what works for everybody. Yes, we're going to have uh, eight girls' games and seven boys' games, uh, 15 total over the course of two days. Uh, starts off tomorrow, 9 a.m., uh, with West Noble and Northside girls, and we'll run all the way through uh, Friday night. I think the last game is... Uh, uh, Northside Boys versus Michigan City. So a lot of great action from different teams across really the mostly the northern half of the state. Uh, SAC is represented. The NECC is represented. The TRC is represented. Uh, so uh, NLC, which is uh, the Northern Lakes Conference. So a lot of great teams from around the area that really are not accustomed to playing each other each and every year. Uh, an opportunity to just get some cool matchups. You know, we, we've talked about it over the c- c- past couple of years in the absence of the SAC holiday tournament that was played out at Wayne High School. Uh, a lot of people have that appetite for high school basketball holiday mm-hmm. shootouts, and this is just the first year of us doing this and really looking forward to bringing it back and incorporating teams uh, that have not played Uh, some of the Fort Wayne schools in particular in the last couple of years in these tournaments. And so it's a great opportunity for everybody uh, and a full day, full two days of high school basketball. at the beautiful MTI Center at Trine, and we're really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, back in in my day, which would be back in the early 80s, mid-80s, we played the holiday tourney, and that was kind of the thing over the holiday break. And, Mm -hmm. you know, had it at, uh, actually, I believe we had it at the Coliseum. Uh, as yeah. well. So now, are you? Are, is this a uh, just a like a one game type of setup, or are they going to play multiple games?
0: Yeah. So every team will have two games. Uh, there is, this is not like a tournament style, bracket style, or or even a round robin, really, in the okay. sense of where you play everybody. But each team will have two games. With the exception, uh, we have uh, Blackhawk Christian Boys and West Noble Boys, uh, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, just that matchup, but they're the only two that are playing one game uh, during that uh, this uh, sh- holiday shootout. It's just what they agreed to. But, yeah, two games, um, so people who come, you can come up and stay for both games. And the way we kind of schedule it is where the games are kind of close together. Right. So it's not like you're playing at 9 a.m. and then you got to sit around till 3 o'clock <laughs> to your next game. So yeah. it's one of those things where we're, you know, 12-minute warm-ups and seven-minute halftime. So we're going to be moving through it and having a good time. And just that college atmosphere of playing up there, a great opportunity for all the uh, student-athletes and coaches and their fans and uh, people who come up there to see uh, great action. And it's just really a new way for us to give back to the community that has longed for uh, some sort of holiday tournament. And I know there's holiday tournaments throughout the area, uh and, and this is just the newest one that's coming along that hope that we can get some of the Fort Wayne schools that some we partner with as as sports medicine provider, but also uh schools, a lot of the schools are not part of the PSM family so to speak, uh but they are kinda of now because we have this opportunity where they can play uh a great uh in a great atmosphere and a great couple of games. Uh, in the PSM Holiday Shootout.
1: Okay, looking at the let's look at the girls show real quick. What are I mean a couple of the games that maybe has perked your interest when looking at this lineup of of girls on Friday on Thursday?
0: Yeah, I think you know the the team that really jumps off the page for for this is is Northrop. Uh, you know they come in nine and one, ranked number six in the class four A poll, uh, second season now under Katie Jackson and. They are one of the top offenses in the state, just averaging under sixty nine points a game. Sixty nine points a game for girls basketball. Yeah. Uh really looking good. Uh and their defense has been stellar too. They're winning their games by thirty eight points per game. So uh you know, the Jackson twins for them, Sanaya and Novea both heading to Valparaiso next year. Uh then you throw in their sister Swin. Uh and, and really this Added a lot of pieces. Uh, Lexi castator came over from Carroll. Uh, Riley Pepple came over uh, a, a couple years back. So they've got a really cool team, a really balanced team. That's probably the, the class of the field. Uh, they're going to be taking on a team like Tippecanoe Valley, which a lot of people probably in the Fort Wayne area may not know a whole heck of a lot. But they're off to a 12 and 2 start, 4 and 0 in the Three Rivers Conference with nine straight wins. And, you know, they have a senior named Cadence Millat who's averaging 19 points a game, and is now, you know, she's a great, she's probably the best three-point shooter that we'll find uh, this weekend. She's set the school record for game, season, and career three-pointers at Tippy Valley. Uh, So that's that's, those are two teams that really jump off the page for me. Elkhart's in the mix as well. They've got a a pretty decent team uh, with their out twins are their names, mm-hmm. uh, and they won f- four of their last five. But what's interesting about Elkhart is they were the kind of the consolidation of Elkhart right. Central and Elkhart Memorial a few years back. So it's they are still trying to, I think, in a lot of ways, find their identity as an entire school. So this is a great opportunity for them to play some high-level competition uh, in the Fort Wayne area. Uh, we also have North Side, South Side. Lakeland up from the LaGrange area. West Noble comes in. They're the sectional champions, uh, from the last year and they're sectional and they're always a team not, not to be, uh, overlooked. Concord's another team that's coming in. So a great mixture of teams and styles of play throughout Northern Indiana on the girls' side. And, uh, we, you know, we try to make the matchups, uh, based off of kind of the Sagarin ratings. We hear a lot about that. Right. Just to keep it more competitive so we can, see some good quality matchups and everybody is playing hard, but also have the opportunity of winning some games, but also uh, just enjoying the experience and playing at the playing up at Trine.
1: Yeah. It's got a, like you said, there's a lot of good flavor here as far as teams go. So it looks like the girls will have a pretty good uh, day of uh, competition up there. Uh, So if you're a basketball nut, it'd be a great day to go watch some high school basketball. Then, Switching over to the Friday night or the Friday competition, uh, you know that one kicks off at 10 a.m. and runs through 7:30 as your final game. But let's talk a little bit about some teams in this uh, in the bracket that you got coming. Now, one on here, Marquette Catholic. Where are they from?
0: So they're a Michigan City team. So okay. we got two teams from the Michigan City area. Um, the Michigan City Wolves. So they're the public school there. And then, um, Marquette Catholic is, is, is for also from Michigan city. So, uh, two, you know, it's great to get those teams involved from the kind of the region, uh, from LaPorte County near Chicago to come on in and to, to do that. Uh, Marquette Catholic, three guys averaging double figures, including one guy named Lucas Balling. What a great name for a basketball player. <laughs> Here's a kid averaging 19 points. rebounds. He's a six foot six forward, uh, starting to get some looks from some NAIA schools and some mid majors. So, you know, a lot of, that's a lot of it too for, for the Fort Wayne media that will be there. Opportunity to see some players that, you know, we frankly have never seen before that we might go, you know what? I remember that kid. I remember when he had that breakout performance at the PSM holiday shootout and now down the line when they're playing somewhere in college. Perhaps you know you could say, man, I remember when that kid was a junior and he was balling out with a name like balling.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and they got yeah, and in they got the couple of SAC teams that they're playing against. They got Northrop at the 10, 10 a.m. game, and then they're playing two thirty against Wayne. So yeah, uh, you know and that
0: get, Wayne team. Yeah, I yeah. mean that Wayne team is coming in pretty hot. Here's a team Wayne, three straight wins, sixty four points a game. Have wins over Snyder, New Haven, Carroll at overtime, a big win over Columbia City as well. Another team with three guys averaging double figures. So uh, Byron Pickin and, and and Wayne have started to put it together. Uh, you know, six and one overall, so a really strong team in the SAC for them. Northside, another one that really you know you talk about talent. Tate Johnson, oh yeah, kid that you know is getting offers in basketball and getting offers in football. Um, and, and, you know, a team that scores a lot of points, they have a transfer from Indianapolis Pike named Eugene Young Jr. who came in this year who has really been solid in the post for them. Um, and it's just, you know, a great thing. Uh, West Noble and Blackhawk though, that's going to be the game of the night I, and the game of the week, Coach. And I think just by virtue of it's the, the only two teams that are playing one game, but you have number one. In uh, 2A, uh, Blackhawk Christian versus number five West Noble, um, and you know, four guys for Blackhawk Christian in double figures. I mean, those guys can really, you know, stuff the stuff the stat sheet. And then for West Noble, uh, Austin Cripe, 19 points a game. He just set the school record uh, for all-time leading scorer uh, just last week. He's headed to Bethel University, um, and it's a really great opportunity. Uh, for people, you know, maybe you're, uh, a Bethel grad, which isn't too far away from trying. Uh, come on over and see what's next for you guys as, 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 uh, you know, you have some great talent, individual talent in this guy like Austin Kripe, who, you know, being a West Noble kid, don't hear too terribly much about, but I think he's one of those guys by the end of the season, comes sectional time, his name is going to be a lot more known in this area. Uh, as he winds up his career at West Noble.
1: Yeah, and that's, again, you got the PSM uh, holiday shoot-up at at, uh, Trine University starting tomorrow with the girls, Thursday, and then finishing up with the boys on Friday, December 30th. If you get a chance, come on out and see some great area basketball as well as some other areas coming into Northeast Indiana for this classic uh, this uh, Thursday and Friday. Dude? Appreciate you coming on, my man.
0: Yep, sounds good. The full schedule and more. Go to parkysportsmedicine.com slash holiday shootout. You can find it all there and see all the games that we'll have over the next two days.
1: All right, my man. Wish you a happy new year. We'll catch you after the first of the year. And we'll, you know... Touch base as well as we look to year two of Upon Further Review. So thanks for coming on. We're going to step aside here real quick. This is The Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan 100.9 FM. Welcome back to The Sports Rush as we finish up this Wednesday edition. I know, Adam, you have an update for the Pacer tickets.
2: Yeah, so uh, big congratulations to Mac, who won the uh, four-pack of Pacers tickets to tomorrow night's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mac, thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a fun time tomorrow down at the game.
1: I can't imagine him not having a great time. Oh, yeah. So, Mac, congratulations to you. Enjoy your... Tickets for the Pacers and Cavaliers and a couple programming the notes. And Remember, tonight the comments are on WoWo versus Toledo at 7.30. Yep. And then tomorrow and Friday, we are not on the air with the sports rush. Nope. First up, you got Purdue men's basketball at 4 o'clock tomorrow against Florida A&M. And then you'll f- have the... Mastodon's taken on Robert Morris mm-hmm. at 645 for their first uh, for their uh, conference slate starting back up again. Cowboys and Titans then are on after that, kind of a join-in-progress setup. You got it. And then on Friday, another big day, you have the uh, Fighting Irish Preview at 2.30, the Gator Bull at, uh, excuse me, the Irish Fighting Irish Previews at 2.00, uh, Gator Bowl comes on at 2.30, and the comments are at Toledo on WoWo, and then have Indy coming here on on Saturday for the annual New Year's Eve game. And we've given out some ticket packs to that as well. And for myself, I've enjoyed my time immensely sitting in for Brett Rump. I want to thank Adam Lundy for all his help in working hard behind the scenes, and I appreciate the confidence of Mike Rags, for helping, allowing me to come on and talk a little bit of sports with you here today. Coming back on January 3rd, Brett Rump will take over, and I will say this about Mr. Rump. Doing this is not very easy. I spent a lot of time uh, prepping for all these shows and episodes, and Rumpy comes in here at 3 o'clock. But we'll catch you later. Happy New Year on the Sports Rush, 13A Fan on 149FM.